everybody. You are listening to episode 12 of Is It That Deep Though? Oh, my voice cracked. With Joy. And Cynthia. I'm going to cut out the, I'm, I'm taking out the beginning. I hope you all notice. Cynthia doesn't know this yet, but I'm going to take out that long ass minute and a half intro from now on. Okay. (laughs) Every time I skip it when I listen to our episodes, I just put it in there at the beginning so that anyone who had nothing to go off of kind of knew what we sounded like or what to expect. And now on episode 12, I feel like um, you you know what you're getting. Yeah, you got two people chatting shit, as they say. Across the pond. Across the pond. These bad (laughs) accents. I feel like we do these accents like every other episode. I know. It's my favorite part of every episode. I hope it's not offensive. Sorry. (laughs) It's not offensive. It's funny. Okay, good. (laughs) How was your your past two weeks? Because we took a break because of Thanksgiving, of course. Yes, my past two weeks were pretty good. Um, yeah, took a break for Thanksgiving. I went home for Thanksgiving and home being Dallas. Um, and that was nice. I, what did I do? I ran the turkey trot. Oh my gosh. That's the whitest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) Sorry. Did you do it with your family on Thanksgiving? I did it with my sister on Thanksgiving, on Thanksgiving in the morning. I used to literally like joke with like white dudes that I dated. I'd be like, you look like your family runs the turkey trot on Thanksgiving. Because it's like such a who wants to go for a drug? But I forgot this. You're an outlier. You're the exception because you are very into running and you just did your marathon that you were you that you were, were proud that you did your marathon and you're super into running. So it's not yes. out of character. It's very on brand. Yes, it's not. And I'm not like the people who have like because you can tell the type of there is a type of person, white person that is like we are a turkey trot household. Mm-hmm. They all have like shirts and stuff. Exactly. First all, yeah. First of all, if you wear the shirt for like the race on the race day, then you don't run like that because those shirts are not they're just not meant for that type of stuff. So that that's like number one. Number two is if you have like either that or like matching shirts that have like we are thankful for each other. And on the back, it says mom, mm. grandpa, pop, pop, mama or something. And then the dog has a shirt. Oh, and if you bring your oh dog, there was, it might as well have been a zoo. There were so many animals at that thing that I was well, like running I over I can't dogs. blame that. But uh, if you're like outside and I'm guessing it's a trot, so it's not like everybody has to run. No, right? So like, not. of course, some people I heard it's actually like pretty abusive to make your dogs run with you. <laughs> People oh, really? who like people who like go run for a mile and they bring their like little dog, their little chihuahua or their little like whatever animal that's not supposed to be like running for that long. And you see the dog just kind of like trying to like limp along and keep up like that's abuse. I <laughs> see Bernard. How long was summer. this turkey trot? How what was the distance? It was a 5K. So it wasn't. Oh, long. my God. Yes, yeah. that, that sounds long. No, honestly. OK, so here's the thing. Me and my sister, when my sister's like, bro, I'm not a runner like you. So like, don't try to like be out here like that. And it's like, exactly. Well, like <laughs> if you can walk a mile, you can run a mile. And if you can run a mile, you can run a marathon. I believe that. I don't care what anybody says. I believe it. That that logic doesn't add up to me. I think it does because <laughs> so you, if, someone, if you can walk a mile, then you, you should be able mile. to run. That doesn't make sense. That if you can, yeah, you can walk. It's just walking, but yes. running. You're saying run the full time, running yeah. nonstop for a mile. Yeah, I don't. Th- I think you can I walk so. and run the mile because. But if you haven't ran a mile in a while, you need to work up that stamina to like right exactly be able to keep it up. But you will ultimately run the mile because you have worked it up. And I think a lot of people think that if you're running, you have to run your, you know, Usain Bolt 
pace or whatever you don't you yeah. can literally just like pick your but even up. jogging when you not you're not used to jogging is hard a mile for somebody who's like a good runner or a consistent runner might be like six minutes eight minutes ten minutes or whatever for somebody who literally has not run a mile in a long time they're clocking in at like 16 20 minutes yeah because it's but they ran it well people who aren't in practice i think would have like walked and ran okay. which there's no shame in that i think not at I, all. anybody can do this kind of thing because it allows for walking and running right so Especially it's fine since there were dogs everywhere i just i just want you to know that if i ever did a 5k 5k i wouldn't run the whole time i would have to walk because that's i haven't okay. practiced yeah and i think that's fine because actually what so the whole point of the whole thing was that i was the one that was stopping and my sister was the one that kept going she's like are you, you good you good like, oh yeah so we both went so she was the one who pretty much ran the whole thing and only stopped because once i like took my hair out of my ponytail holder because i was getting a headache and i hit her in that face so and i felt bad so we stopped <laughs> But other than that, like we did that. That was fun. Um, another <laughs> thing. So we had Thanksgiving dinner. Shout out to my brother because he made the turkey. He's really into cooking. So he was the one who made the turkey. And he got this like meat thermometer thingy, which I think people use to cook. Mm-hmm. And it's good that you have that. But I was sometimes it's just like when the food is done, it's done. You know what I mean? Like we know it's done. And he was like, no, you have to wait until it's like a hundred and something. Degrees. Well, yeah, I would think because when you're I think meat, I've never used one, but I think that they're used when you're cooking like a big size thing of meat mm-hmm. where like the outside might look good. But like the internal temperature matters to know that it's not raw or that it's the wellness that you want. That is true. I think that's the point of it. So I've never used one because I've never needed to cook a ham or a turkey or any. <laughs> pot roast or whatever meats people be putting in the oven (laughs) which you know that's true because we grew up not using you know technology like that you just cook the food and ate it or kind of eyeballed it or let it you know oh yeah no africans don't have cookbooks or thermometers or Mm -hmm. it's literally just like eyeballing it and and i've never even seen my mom cut open something to see if it was finished like she just looks (laughs) at and is like it's done like it's It's done (laughs) good come and eat um my past two weeks have been pretty good. Um, I feel like the last time I talked about what I in my like uh, my deep think, which was like sometimes yeah. you just got to sit on your couch and not bathe. And like I realized afterward, you see that episode of Proud Family where <laughs> Trudy's family comes over yes. for like and Oscar's literally sitting there and his like wife beater and like <laughs> he's all funky. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I understand that now. <laughs> When you're like so tired from work that you're just like on this Saturday, I'm going to sit on my couch in my drawers and I'm going to be stank and I'm just going to like watch whatever I like to watch. (laughs) Don't talk to me. Don't bother me. Leave me alone. (laughs) But I'm I'm getting into the cuter side of that. I just bought some cozy lounge thought wear that I am I'm wearing. It is a set the viewers from ASOS. I feel sorry for you. You can't see it, but it's good. Oh, I see. I don't look good when I'm sitting down. So I don't this I don't give much of a shape. No, I really look fine. I'm I'm also trying to work out again more consistently. I, I've never stopped working out, but I'm trying to stop eating like cheese and like meats and fried foods because I feel like the stages of realizing like, oh, yikes, I've let myself go. Stage one is when you're like, huh, I used to be like slim thick. Now I'm just thick. Interesting. Noticing Lord. a different shape. And then stage two is like, hmm, some of my favorite clothes aren't fitting. Mm-hmm. Ah, I'll just wear something else. And stage three <laughs> is when you're like, I look bad at everything and I don't want to be seen. <laughs> so I'm just, 
I'm just trying to, I'm at stage one right now. And I'm like, cool, let's attack it now. Cause then I can, I can get back to my comfortability in a month rather than getting all the way to stage three and being like, shit, I gotta like be <laughs> disciplined for like three to six months now or like, or I'm never going to get back. Then it's funny though, because this is like winter time. So I was, I was letting myself go because I was like, about to be in the house. Like, who am I trying to get? Who am I trying to be, you know, slim thick for like, whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm a workout is needed for my mental health, but I'm going to sleep in half, like half the time, be comfortable. And it's not until, I mean, I, I try not to, I told y'all I wasn't dating men anymore, but they just come, they come to me. And so it made me aware of my body again. And I was like, mm. fuck, <laughs> I gotta, I can't, I can't live like this no more. I gotta like, gotta tune back up. So I went grocery shopping got all my strained juices mm. all of my healthy food that i'm excited to eat okay cool let's get into our pop culture damn it we're gonna be on time with this we are not yes. recording for two hours i swear <laughs> even though i actually there are a lot of fun topics to talk to talk about so no so pop culture did you see king richard i did oh my yes God. i saw that there i was like let's talk about it I saw it the weekend it came out. And let me tell you, I went to Alamo Draft House to see it like oh, at okay. 10 randomly. Oh my gosh, I had a really good night that night. So I randomly decided I've been working so much. I'm gonna go out. Do you know, have you ever seen Girl Code? You mean the show? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I saw two of the comedians from there in Austin. Oh. In Austin. What, did, uh, what are their names? Carly Aquilino. Yes, I know. I remember she had red hair on the show. Yes, she looks so different now. She looks very really? LA now. Like she oh. is like, thin and blonde and but she's funny she's so fucking funny i laughed so hard and so wow. funny that i like planned that and then my plan was like okay seven o'clock is the comedy show 10 o'clock i'm seeing king richard at the movie theater nice so i literally laughed and then i went to the theater and cried and, and, I was was, to say, Did you cry? <laughs> and it was friday so i was surrounded by a bunch of white people on dates <laughs> so it's just a bunch of white people and me the lone black person like boohooing and just tears streaming down my face because i was just so overcome with emotion what what stood out to you in the movie? What did you like the most? What I liked the most. Okay. So I liked the fact that they really illustrated how Serena and Venus were kids. Like they really played up. Like they had them, like when their dad was talking to like their coaches or to different people, you would see them and all their sisters like running around, like in the front yard mm -hmm. or like chasing each other because they talked about the fact that they were allowed to like be kids. And they really like mm -hmm. showed that in the movie. So I like that. Um, I like the fact that they showed his flaws because mm -hmm. like he wasn't perfect by any means. And they showed him like arguing with, um, I think, I think the mom was only Vre Venus and Serena's mom, right? Bio yeah, mom? apparently. Yeah. Yeah. So like they had that scene when they was in the kitchen. No, 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 wait, no, no, no. The Oh. All of all of their kids were hers, but the first three daughters were only hers and not his. Oh, so his only kids out of like that five were Venus and Serena. Oh, OK. 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 See, yeah. OK. But even then, like them, like having those like different like arguments and stuff and her talking about like you've you've always been like put down or I can't remember. Like there was a scene where she had that like little monologue talking about like mm -hmm. this is why you act this way. And I really liked that. I liked Will Smith's portrayal of him. Um, that like famous scene when she was getting interviewed or when mm -hmm. Venus was getting interviewed and they like mm -hmm. did that like word for word. I like that. So um, do you think that we were like, we jumped the gun when everybody was upset that he was casted because everybody was like, 
her dad's a dark skinned man and Will Smith is basically like a light skinned man. Like, yeah. And we were so like, I know I was like, oh, come the fuck on. You know, like I was like upset. Like, why couldn't they couldn't have found like a what about Wood Harris? Like he would have been fucking great at this. Like there are so many dark skin actors that they could have picked um but then watching it i was like okay yeah he, <laughs> like, i spoke too soon yeah like he, <laughs> he did a good because i was thinking like okay so if they pick someone like idris elbow then everybody be mad okay no British, yeah no don't do pick that. him yeah but there's other there are so many dark skinned men in, in black hollywood oh yeah but, but M- will smith produced this so of course he picked mm-hmm. himself because it's such an inspirational story People are thinking he's going to get an Oscar, at least an Oscar nomination for this, if not yeah, the win. He hasn't right. won an Oscar yet, I believe. So this would oh, be a good hasn't. one for him. Yeah, he has. Remember when Concussion came out and him and Jada boycotted the because they were yeah. like, we weren't nominated. We thought he would be. And so this might be the one that movie was worse because that, that was, a, was worse. that was a Nigerian dark skinned yes. man. And he had no his accent was so off Terrible. and he was light skinned. Like that was yep. like, dude, you should not have taken that movie at all. At all. Um, this David is better Oyelowo though. wasn't available. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't really care about David Oyelowo. I know me either. A, a I wife. Know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just side these, these dudes. Um, I what I liked the most about the movie was um, Everything. Okay. What can I specifically <laughs> pinpoint? Yes, I love the family dynamic that the girls were always together and laughing and like hugging and, you know, having community. I liked that when we see him get beat up in the beginning, we're like freaked out. But then when they get home, the girl, one of the daughters is like, daddy got beat up again. And it's like funny. <laughs> like there was a good balance of what was going on. Um, I really liked just that this again we're just so hungry for movies where it's not a super struggle movie. Like yeah. it wasn't about how he had an alcohol problem or a drug problem. Nobody got beat. I mean, the dad got, you know, beat up, but like none of the, nobody, it wasn't an abusive environment. Like it was very touching to see, especially in the realm of tennis, because these girls looked really good Mm -hmm. playing tennis. Like you wouldn't have guessed that. I think they only trained for like three months. Oh, wow. And they were really good. Oh my gosh. One of my favorite parts was when, so they realize, okay, we can only get a coach for Venus because yeah. we can't get a coach to train both of them for free. And so the mom is like, okay, get up, Serena. Like, I'm going to coach you. Like, mm-hmm. you think we're just going to, you're not, we're not done with you. Like, come on. And she, her running drills with Serena. Yeah. It's so heartwarming because a lot of times in these movies, because they're so focused on the dad was great. The dad was there. The dad was such an important parent. They kind of drop off on the mom mm-hmm. or the other parent, the remaining parent. And it's like, only one parent really was involved. The other parent just kind of did whatever. It, it was, it felt almost equal where it was mm-hmm. like, he's on the front end, you know, meeting with all these white rich coaches being like, you need to see my daughters. They're great. They're great. They're great. And, you know, but she also was a part of the decision-making, you know, she had her monologue in the kitchen where she brings up the fact like, bitch, you got other kids that you don't even talk to. Like, right. you think I'm here for you? I'm here for them. Cause that's the point I want to highlight because the two biggest uh, things that people were complaining about it on Twitter were people, of course, who had not seen it. Absolutely. And it was were, it, Well, it was two things. It was the white women. I've seen white men too. White people who were like, so they made a movie about Venus and Serena and it's about their dad mm-hmm. and it's named after their dad. <laughs> who cares about their dad? We want to see a story about the tennis. It's like, shut the fuck up. Like, please shut up. This does not concern you. This movie is not for y'all. It mm-hmm. was for us. We don't get enough of these narratives about, you know, dads who were there and who are positive influences. And it was just so heartwarming because he it needed to be his story because they didn't get they they had the talent that secured everything. 
But like without him pushing and constantly calling and showing up to these white coaches being like, you need to see my daughters. You need Mm -hmm. to see them. They wouldn't have really gotten anywhere. Like it's because he put them in the right places, like because he was working overtime to like call and research who he needed to call. Mm -hmm. And then the other (laughs) the other uh, critique or complaint I saw from people who didn't see it were from black people who were like, well, then he he has other kids he didn't take care of. So I, I don't want to see this movie because he he they act like he's a perfect guy. And he's like Mr. Perfect Dad. And that's not true. And I was like, they actually ex- they touch on that in the movie. They say right. like he's got kids that he is not there for. This was not a movie about him being perfect. Mm-hmm. This is a movie about him being the dad to Venus and Serena. And like he was a complicated man. Mm-hmm. And I heard apparently that um his other some of his other daughters or whatever have like tried to come out and go on a talk show or something and they're like well he wasn't there for us and he didn't raise us and so this is hard for us to watch and people don't know that he he basically ignored us our whole lives and i'm like cool this is not your moment (laughs) this yeah i know we y'all weren't in the movie because it was about venus and serena and their dad like Mm -hmm. this is about that part of their life it's why would we need y'all in there why would we need to they already talked about how he had had other kids like Mm -hmm. what did you want write your own book write your own screenplay and see if you can get it picked up by lifetime or something about how you were like the other williams kids and how he sucked like if you really feel like that story needs to be told write that book will listen to it like every time that there's something like that where it's like, oh, this father was there for his kids. If there's any type of dissent to that, like people who want to find that will flock to it. So it's not like it's going to go unnoticed. Like if they were on, you know, I don't know. I mean, yeah, normally I would be like, I mean, I just, I don't feel like being cynical about this type of shit. So I'm like, I don't want to hear it. Like I really don't. I don't. My question is, is there anything wrong with that? Because part of me is just like, okay, well, because he was a complex man and there were these flaws like that should be told too. But at the same time, it's like, I don't want to hear that. I just don't. And I don't think that there's anything necessarily <laughs> wrong with me wanting to see a man be a good father and, and like bet on his kids every time. Like when he was like, we're not going to take the deal or essentially, well, Venus said, I'm not going to take the deal. Yeah. When he was like, yeah, we're just not going to do it. And the coach is like, are you crazy? This is so much money. Mm-hmm. Knowing that like my daughter is worth more than this and she mm-hmm. can like, he bet on her and like, it worked but it was like they all bet like it was very and they let it be her like what do you think Venus she's smart enough to feel like they haven't even seen what I can do yet exactly so I might even be worth more than I boy and I the shock ending where like she didn't win that tournament Mm -hmm. and I was like what I thought she was gonna win and I was so upset and then when she walks out and she has a whole fan base yeah like young girls I cried I was I did too and then I ran to Wikipedia (laughs) and I looked up that tennis player only to find out that she has been sued by her country's version of the IRS it is in so much debt and fraud you mean that that little bitch that bitch who was in the bathroom for a hundred it was like I'm gonna go to the bathroom and stall so that mm-hmm. this poor kid, this is her like first pro match or something like that. Like I like you're 22 or something, and this girl is 14. Mm-hmm. Like serious, it was just such weak bitch shit. I was, was so sorry. mad at her for that, and the fact that like she ugly. won exactly. So and look at the Williams. I mean, the I was I was just shocked to see. So they've been like millionaires since they were like 14, 15. Yeah. <laughs> I did not know. There was so much I didn't know about them, but like, too. I did not know that they have been millionaires 
for 20 years mm-hmm. or something like that. Like, damn, that is that is amazing. But it's a great movie. Did you see The Harder They Fall? No, I didn't. So that's the one I haven't seen yet. Okay, what so did that's, you think? It's okay. It's pretty good. My sister okay. really hyped it up. Like, it was so amazing. And I think it's because she has not watched, like, any Tarantino movies or she's not like I'm a, more of a movie buff so I can be more critical than she was there were certain things in the plot that didn't make sense I felt like the romantic subplot of him of Jonathan Majors and Zazie Beats felt like we didn't need it it didn't mm. seem believable because they didn't fall in love in the movie it was like they were already in love and in the beginning meet back up and so they're supposed to be like picking up where they left off but it didn't work. And I felt, I mean, there was just certain things, you know, when you think of like the colorism part of it. And yeah. I'm not that upset about that, about her playing stage coach Mary, because I looked at the whole point of the movie was that the director writer took historical figures, but changed them for this story. Oh, so this wasn't okay. based on a true story at all. These were real people that he just used his characters to fit this narrative or whatever. Okay. And a lot of them look nothing like I mean, one guy, I don't know his name, was like half Native American or something. But of course, nobody in this movie is half Native American. And right. Of course. We didn't throw up a ruckus about Native American representation. And he was actually this. And oh, he actually did that because it wasn't about that. It was just fitting this narrative. I just still feel like the one, the two women that we see in the movie who are like wearing corsets and singing and are like attractive or like light skinned biracial. And I was like, oh, I peep that. But other than that, it was OK. Oh, it was all right. Not much to say about that. Oh my gosh. Okay. I want to talk about Sweetie on SNL. Okay. Yes. Did you see that performance? I did not. Oh my God. But I saw clips on Twitter and people talked about it on Twitter. So I want to bring it up because it, so apparently after that performance, she was saying like, I feel like I've gotten better at this. Like I've definitely, I've definitely worked on my breath control and all of these things. Cause there was this performance she did before where like, it was bad, like huffing and puffing, like out of breath, couldn't keep up with her count of dancing, like bad. And so this one still not good, but you know, better. And I'm looking through the YouTube comments and people are like, y'all can hate all you want, but she has gotten better. Like you can tell she's been working on this and yeah. Yeah. I'm proud of you, girl. You did a lot better than last. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I know. <laughs> I'm like, SNL, that's Saturday Night Live. Right. This historic show used to be so much of a big deal for you to get booked on as a guest host and as a music act. Like, you really, like, it was such a big deal. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 her saying, sweetie being like, oh, I got better at this. I've gotten better. Kind of reminded me of when Young Miami like said the same oh, thing yeah. on Twitter or something. She's like, I feel like I really gotten better at rapping. Like, I feel like I got I'm I'm getting better. I'm like, y'all are paid millions. I know. And are what do you mean you're getting better? Like that's that is so weird to me that people, people who are already paid and booked, like they are professionals, like professionals, like very good artists are not good artists we all know this and they even know this and they are like proud of themselves like patting themselves on the back that they are like starting to be okay Mm -hmm. starting to be okay and i'm just like what the hell is going on and i don't know if that's them compensating for i'm sure the negative backlash you're seeing online (sighs) and they're just like well you know i'm getting better now because everybody's saying i'm shitty but it's like 
if you are a professional, like if you are a music artist that has is making albums and has a record contract and all that type of recording contract and all that type of stuff, you are a professional musician. So you should be at a level where it's like, yeah, you're going to get better at your craft, but you like the basic things of like being able to perform and breath, breath control and all that type of stuff should be like, you know, established by the time that you have a recording contract and you're like, on stages and stuff like that. And at their level of fame, the industry has just changed so much because before to get signed, like you already had to have, I'm talking rap specifically. You had to be like, have mixtapes. Like you were putting in work. They were like, okay, you kind of got bars. We can work with you. A&R, you know, artist development. We're going to like work with you, blah, blah, blah. Might get you like a bomb producer to team up with. Then we'll work on the rollout. We'll, We'll work on the image or whatever. And now it's like, no, we want people who kind of already have the image, you know, the Nicki Minaj type look for the most part. And then we can just find new writers in a team. It doesn't, as long as you have that social media following, mm-hmm. then we can do everything else. So like, we will write the songs for you. We will coach you on how to perform them. We'll get you a choreographer because now we want every woman to dance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> every woman's got to dance, even if she's not a dancer. Did you see the twerkulator performance at that? Yes, I did. And it was like a high school dance team. Did we talk about this? I don't, maybe we talked about it off. off this might've been before the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that was, was so like, whoa, like this is, <sighs> the quality is very much like high school dance team. Yes. Like, like I, I, I was like, these are professionals on a professional stage. Like it's, it's, it just, it makes me annoyed. I'm not mad or whatever. But I, it makes me annoyed when I hear these people who are not good <laughs> even have the audacity to be like, look, y'all, I'm getting better. I'm like, what? What? Is well, anybody good? Like, am I the only one who's noticing, like, literally, like, looking around in the virtual Twitter sphere? Y'all, y'all notice that she admitted she's not good, but she's getting better. Y'all, y'all notice that. It just, I just get just very annoyed with the idea of, like, Cause there's, I mean, there's nothing wrong with like building a brand and then taking advantage of opportunities, you know, like black China's dropped some songs too. It's kind of like investing. It's like how some rich people might even go into real estate. Cause they're like, right. I know rich people who will buy houses. I can literally make six figures off of like selling houses to people. I know why not be like, I have already like a large fan base. I'm going to make money off of selling songs and tours and appearances to people who follow me and like really want to hear me like, sure. But I I hate that the industry has decided that there is a look that they want to invest in and they only care about investing because you have this look, the fake titties, the huge ass, the multicolored wig, like that's what they want to put money on. And we're not seeing any Missy Elliott's Whatever happened Mm -hmm. to Tierra Whack? I feel like I heard that she's retiring or she's quitting or something. Like, I don't, Megan the Stallion looks like, I mean, she's just the natural body version of them. Like, I, I, I just feel like there's no diversity. Oh my gosh, did you listen to Rap Freaks by Young Miami? Oh, yes, yes. So you have, what did you think of that? I mean, it wasn't good. Was Wait, is that the one where she rapped like, like um, Buenas Noches or something? Yes, she's like, put his ass to sleep. Buenas Noches. <laughs> and I was like, whoa she rhymed buenas noches with roaches yes that's another tier that's like the song went viral the video went viral because of the lyric i think she dropped like the video with the song or something and everybody was like and the song did really well on the charts because everybody was listening like 
have you have you heard this that's, yeah that's the reason i listened to it i was like oh let me hear the buenas <laughs> it's so bad it's bad it does not sound like this sounds like girl passing out like her mixtape from her car like <laughs> oh my my boyfriend a producer and I, so i'm trying to work on some music like maybe she could be on love and hip-hop maybe maybe but like the fact that she is actually like a highly paid famous recognizable artist and that is the kind of work that she can produce I, w- I mean and there are other writers on the song so i'm just confused i'm like because we no. know cardi b i mean maybe see maybe this is a testament to maybe cardi b does have more input and is actually good at what she does musically because mm. whenever she has a song out when you look at the song credits it's at least like six people right she has a big team of people who write for her but i'm like but her songs work <laughs> her songs are good <laughs> And it's and it's I think it's like, I guess, because one thing, at least with Cardi, just hearing her talk about like, like, I don't I don't want to put out shitty stuff like she said, like multiple times before, like, I'm going to put out quality music, you know, in so many words and like Cardi B speak. But I don't know if it's because some of these girls are just like, you know, I'm already here and any because I'm here, whatever I do is going to be of the quality of being here, if that makes sense. Like, I'm already here. That's what I think the difference is, is that I don't think people like Young Miami know what is good or not. Music is not their talent. She is not a good rapper. She doesn't have a good ear for a good beat, make a good song. She relies completely on a team to do that. And so Cardi B also relies heavily on a team. Mm. But I feel like maybe she's better at picking songs like she knows what sounds good. Like she has some sort of input. I, I literally didn't believe this before, but I, I'm looking at everybody else and I'm like, they are proving the theory that she's just more involved <laughs> than we think she yeah. is. Lastly, for our our pop culture, did you hear? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I only so they they had benched Travis Scott and Kylie's W magazine interview. They had already done the interview and had the spread ready to go. That they had like postponed it because of Astro World. Yes. And so apparently it came out finally. And in the article or whatever, it says like, they are building a unique family and they are defining family on their own That's terms. Not, yeah. Even though she is pregnant with their second child, mm-hmm. they actually haven't been a couple for two years. I'm sure. Isn't that progressive? No. I was like, bitch, since what? <laughs> they, so the, they haven't been, a, that doesn't make any kind of sense. So she got pregnant again. Mm-hmm. like eight months ago, but they have not been a couple in two two years. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Doesn't make any sense. And then even if it's true, how is that progressive and like cool that she just keeps getting knocked up by a guy that she is not with? <laughs> right. It's, you know what it is? I saw a TikTok about this and it was like the Kardashianification of baby mama culture. You're oh basically my God. trying to like make it seem like it is postmodern. It is this like new oh. approach, a new uh, an ABC family, a new kind of family with them because they're like. <laughs> it's they do it with they did it with cornrows, which are boxer exact braids now. Boxer like they, braids. Now they're doing it with being a baby mama. Oh, right. Say forward thinking, progressive. They're defining family on their, on own, their own term. Terms. I was like. Who the fuck wrote this? Like you have some gut, you have some nerve, seriously. Honestly, because what it really is, is like, first of all, they had been together for a month when Stormy was conceived. So <laughs> I don't know how long, 
I don't know if it was like they were really together for a, before that. I don't know. But it seemed like they got together and very quickly she got pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they got I guess they weren't together after they, they broke they, up and it was up. like news that they broke up. And then then it was like, oh, they're kind of back together. They're kind of together. And then out of nowhere, she was pregnant again. And it was right. like, OK. And now I mean, I just my do you suspect that it it, it is the work of Chris Jenner being yes. like, let's distance Kylie from this and just say that they have not actually been together. Because why would they even tell the magazine that? Why would right. that doesn't even sound like something that they would confirm or say? No. And we it's have like, actually not been together in two years, but she's pregnant again. Right. Because that uh, that already kind of sounds sus. It's like, OK, so y'all weren't together and then y'all had a night and accidentally got pregnant or something. But that's they- not what I don't think that's what it is. I think they're really trying to distance her from him because of everything that happened at Astro World because they are very much together. They're yeah. together. It's not just a oh, you know, that's my baby daddy. And why was, just he at, why was she at Astro World? Also, just baby? like, isn't it irresponsible just to get pregnant by a guy who didn't? I mean, that's like the most hood shit ever. Is just wanting to have multiple kids, but with the same guy. So you like just get knocked up by the same asshole because I want my kids to have the same dad. Like, isn't that what Chloe was trying to do with Tristan? Was like, oh my god, well, I want my thing. I don't, we do, do you want to, I don't want to talk about it. There's, talk about there's it? nothing okay. to say. I mean, yeah. what is there to say? What do you want to say about it? The only thing is that I'm just, I'm not surprised. And I think it's just really, the kids are the ones that are suffering because I saw like a screenshot of like a message that he had messaged the girl in Texas being like, Ooh, yeah. He, the, first of all, the, the man's a dummy. He was like, I'm about to retire. So I'm basically going to be unemployed. And because mm-hmm. I'm, an un, I'm unemployed my child support contribution is going to be like less than $500. He's like, yeah, a few hundred a month. A I was hundred- like, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. That's not how it works. That's like saying if you get knocked up by a retired, lucrative businessman. (laughs) 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 I used to own this big chain and then I sold it. So I'm I'm retired. So technically I'm unemployed. Like, bitch, that's not how that works. They don't just dummy. They don't go by your like your 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 status of employment they go off of like how much have you made in the past however many years right how much do you have right now how much is your shit worth that is what that is based off of it's not based off of do you have a job right now like what that doesn't even make any sense he's an imbecile it's insane and on top of all of that he's he boldly was like i'm not taking care of that child mm-hmm. how are you going to have a kid and not take care of it and say it so firmly and i mean so they, these dudes do it all didn't carmelo anthony so, do that they uh, do it all the time they like have babies mind. on their wives and they're like oh, you can get your child support check but like do not think i'm ever gonna like acknowledge this kid like they feel perfectly fine like men have a a thing where a lot of them can know they have a kid out there and be cool, not ever speaking or acknowledging that kid. And that is the part that I think would gross me out the most if I was Chloe. I hate even saying her name, but it's it's not just that he literally was still cheating on you the whole time. He was like acting thirsty on your Instagram and picking you up. It's that he would knock somebody up and then talk to them this way and be like, well, I'm never going to be in that kid's life. You're just going to be a single mom. I'm unemployed i'm gonna be unemployed so you're just gonna get a few hundred a month so you might as well take this money right now and just like fuck off like that is such an ugly way to even talk to somebody that's just so ugly um chloe comes into the travis and kylie story because apparently she got on social media and was like uh they are together (laughs) 
<laughs> wow. So I'm like, maybe Chris didn't let her in on that. She missed the family meeting <laughs> that <Sure>. week. <laughs> I feel like Chris, Chris hastily had them put in there, put in there that they haven't been together in two years. Right. Just put that, even if it doesn't make any sense, just put it in there. Chloe didn't know. So she was like, um, that's weird. They have definitely been together. They are definitely together right now. <laughs> right. Because why would the magazine print house. that? Right, exactly. And then it was weird. Like they're in this, it looks like, I don't know what type of set that they were in for the photo shoot. It looked like they were in like public housing or something. Oh my God. I don't know. I didn't look at the background. I kind of just, I mean, I really didn't even look at them. I was mostly <laughs> focused on the text because just reading that it said they hadn't been together in two years. People are, because, so I want the last update I want to give about Astro World is just that I have kept saying that insurance covers everything. He's not going to come out of pocket. He's going to be just fine. Insurance, insurance, insurance. So the insurance for the festival capped out at $25 million. At this point, we know the lawsuits total more than $3 billion. And so we don't know how it's going to play out yet. You know, like we don't know who all is going to be responsible or what or how that payout's going to happen. We don't even know if they're just going to settle out of court. Um, But yeah, no, he's. Just the fact that I heard his attorneys have got to be charging like $2,000 an hour oh and they've God. got to be working overtime. That's yeah. draining his pockets super quickly and whatever they're going to have to settle. I mean, if the total right now is $3 billion, I feel like they're they, the total that they might I'm have sorry, to what? all... $3 billion? Of all the lawsuits that have been oh, filed currently, what? the total of amount for all of them added together is like over $3 billion. And even if they have to settle for lower than that because they overshot, you know... I feel like uh, 1 billion at least is going to, and Travis is only quote unquote worth like 60, but that doesn't mean he has 60. It means sure he's worth 60, like whatever he, I don't really know how to, and I don't care to go into how net worth works, but he doesn't have, he might have, I can't, I can't guess how much he has in cash, but he's going to be drained significantly over this unless they can somehow pull it out of their ass. Something that, says that he definitely did not know nobody contacted him he could not see but i feel like even that text or that tweet that he put out where he said and we're sneaking the wild ones in that still makes you somewhat responsible because this whole shit wasn't just one person's fault it was a recipe for disaster it's your tweet your wildness and raging and promoting violence at your shows plus the poor planning with the logistics with the staff with the the communication when something goes bad, what do we do? Plus the fact that there was like these barricades where, so people right. couldn't leave and were trapped. It's all of it. So everybody who had anything to do with all of those points is going to be responsible. That's just what I think. I also uh, heard that he tried to pay for like one of the, I think the little boy's funeral. Oh, yeah. And they were like, no. <laughs> right, they denied it. I mean, none of these families need his money because the GoFundMes are raising enough money for them. Right. And yeah, it just doesn't, it would take away from their case to accept anything from him. So it doesn't, even if he has no strings attached, it wouldn't make sense to be like, yes, we'll let you pay for this right now while we're trying to sue the shit out of you. Like, right. It exactly. doesn't work that way. But at least he gets to say, I kind of, my team half-assedly reached out to a couple of people <laughs> to try to pay for their funeral. It's just so laughable. And I'm just still mad. I've been rambling. You haven't gotten to say a word. No, I was just going to say like at this, it's like, okay, all of that happened. How many, it's been over a month, right? I feel like it's even almost been two months. November 5th, I believe is when it happened. And it's December 6th. Wait, it's been about a month. It's It's been been a month. Okay. I mean, wouldn't that be something that like shortly after the victims were identified, he reached out to them personally. (laughs) 
and you know offered that as opposed to now and making it publicized and everything that's, else. That's what's fucked up is like in normal times for normal people particularly but in normal times if something like this happened you could immediately express regret visit people in the hospital say you're sorry contact them personally but this is different mm-hmm. because this is death this is several deaths yes this is many money <laughs> <laughs> billions of dollars. Oh. <laughs> this is billions of dollars that you are being sued for. So you really, his lawyers, I don't believe he's like super empathetic about any of them. Like, I still don't really feel like he knows their names. Um, and I don't know how much his team would try to make him aware. I don't know if his meetings with his lawyers, if his lawyers are like really laying everything out. I mean, they have to be. I would, I would think they'd be laying everything out. Like, these are the victims' names. This is how old they were. This is the severity of the situation. But either way, like they're definitely telling him, do not say anything else about this. Like we wrote out the statement for you. You already read it through your fingers on Instagram live and just just hold off because anything you do can be taken the wrong way. So let us speak for you and do everything. It's, it's got to be a living hell right now just to fall out from all of it. Like oh, everything sure. he's lost and having the fear that like it's going to follow you for the rest of your career. Right. Which I can't. Do you really think it would get to a point where people will just look like how he'll come out of this like Doja Cat after all of that stuff? Happens? Oh, that's Even not the same. And it isn't the same. <laughs> it's not the same. But any, I can't. What like what other thing? I mean, we tried comparing him to the baby, baby but yeah. it's still different because the baby's already touring again. Like he's already booked at Rolling Loud again he's or something. Donated to those. Oh, yeah. Like how they said, like, I mean, what the f- did you really think? No. They couldn't have. I mean, they did. That's why they met with him. But see, to me, it's like both of y'all were trying to get something. You met with him to raise awareness for your foundations. Mm -hmm. And because he said he would give y'all money. So y'all acted like this was something that how old is he like 28, 30 at that age? It's not just you need to be educated and you just need a a week series of lectures over over this. It's just he doesn't give a shit. He doesn't want to know. Like, it's just these are ingrained in his and he doesn't have any lgbtq friends so he he doesn't fuck with those people in real life so he has no reason to feel differently or to want to change his mind but he did have reasons to like shake y'all's hands and smile with y'all and put out these apologies so the fact that they want to come out now and say well he never followed up or paid us any money or did of course he didn't because he was never going to you guys you were using him for visibility and money and he was using y'all to like you know i guess whatever deals he had left or whatever they were like if you show the public that you're if you do some stuff we'll like rebook you and that's what happened so like duh um but with this this is different because it's just something we haven't really seen in our generation where like you caused or some of your actions led to Mm. the death of 10 people under the age of 30 that is just something we've never seen so i i have no idea how this is gonna play out i know with drake he's already moved on like i'm pretty sure they're gonna he's gonna end up being dropped from the lawsuits even if he has to even if he's paying his lawyers right now to figure it out he was i don't know how long he was on stage for but he really had nothing to do with the concert he was just up there they can argue that he couldn't see couldn't hear he's just jumping around looking around focused on his songs like maybe he didn't know so there he's gonna get away with it and he's already been at strip clubs like literally the day it was announced so he doesn't give a fuck (laughs) he's gonna be fine and at this point his his brand and him as an artist he's at the level of like walmart 
where like no matter what you do, people will not stop going. They right. will never stop putting money into that. You can tell them all this shit about <laughs> this brand. Like they don't pay their employees. They they're racist. The family comes from a fam a family of slave owners. That's where they got their money. You can say whatever. None of that shit I said is stuff I know about. I was, about to say, I was like, oh, for no, real? I don't know. <laughs> but I'm just saying it's like McDonald's. Like mm-hmm. it's so generic and associated with everyday shit. Everybody loves Drake right. generically. Like he. He's not ever going to be canceled. We already know he was texting 13 year old girls. Know. We know he like tried to groom Millie Bobby Brown and Billie Eilish. Nobody gives a fuck because it's Drake. It happen. He's going to be fine. But Travis, I have no idea. And I just had to chuckle when I saw that W Magazine interview because I was like, oh, they are they're throwing him away. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the last thing I'll say before we move on to the next thing, it's just the smallest thing. I did not know Pete Davidson was white. I thought he was mixed. What are you talking about? I thought he was mixed. Why did you think that? For whatever reason, I just don't know. I thought he was What mixed. the fuck? <laughs> you thought his he was logic? Is... <laughs> yes. His dad is his dad is white. Yes, he is the whitest looking dude I've ever seen in my life. I never <laughs> saw his father. Or Wait, so what about his look? Did you think I don't know. Something about I guess like lot like a Because he has a huge I don't know about, I mean, I'm, I don't know. I'll you're like, you. I heard he was packing, so he got to be mixed with something. He got to be mixed. I he got to be a little black. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's never, he's always been super white. Like, always been white. <laughs> yes. Like, what? I don't, that's so weird. I would I understand really if you said mixed or someone like, like, um, with a mix of a ton of things like Fred Armisen or something like that. I thought that's how he was. No. Fred Armisen Armisen is like like Latin Italian mixed kind of thing, but he's white. I view certain people as you're just white. Like let's not be complicated about. I'm Arabian and Latin and German and no, you're white. You look white. white. You're white passing. At this point, Maya Rudolph to me is white, but she's really mixed though. Yeah, but she's white. She has never wanted to be black. No, she has always right. been in an ensemble in of white people, whether it was SNL, whether it's whatever movie she's been in, Bridesmaids, whatever else. She has never played a black woman or like really seemed to care about being around black people. And when I saw, you know, Paul Thomas Anderson has a new movie out oh, okay. called Licorice Pizza. And it's the whitest movie I've ever seen. Like uh, they always, they love to cast like a basic looking white girl and a, a mm-hmm. basic looking white dude, but like act like the girl is so gorgeous or so beautiful. And I'm like, see, it's shit like this that made me feel like I was ugly growing up because these kind of I movies know. were everywhere they were on disney channel abc family in the theaters like Mm -hmm. everywhere they were casting average looking white women the kirsten dunce (laughs) of hollywood the girl from um save the last dance or whatever with oh my julia uh, julia Julia styles yes and being like isn't she gorgeous and it's like uh i thought she's from iowa she (laughs) <laughs> she look regular. She look no, like she's, she's not really... ugly. Everybody's beautiful. Nice. Got no, no, not everybody's beautiful. Cause then nobody's beautiful. She just looks regular. That's mm-hmm. fine. Some of us look regular. That's not an insult, but it's what I feel insulted when they try to pass off white women as being so gorgeous at the same time, not casting us, ignoring our existence or acting like we can only be cast as like certain unsexual, unattractive beings. And so I brought that movie up because I'm like, Paul Thomas Anderson is technically married to like a white black. Oh, she's half black. Maya Rudolph. Yeah. He does not cast black women in anything he does. Yeah. I don't even think he casts like black people at all. Like, and I'm like, she's probably cool with that because she doesn't see. I could not be married 
to a white director and notice all of his movies center white people. There's not really any black people ever casted and be cool with that. Like, I would very much not, I would bring it up to his attention. Like, dude, like, you know, there's only a bunch of white people. Like, the fact that she's comfortable with that makes me look at her like, you are white. Like, you Mm -hmm. identify with whiteness. You feel white. Her mom died when she was young, so she was raised by her white family. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's fine. Like I said, I think we said this in the last episode, like, whatever you identify as, like, cool. Okay, we got to get to the topic because we're at an hour. Yes, yes. (laughs) And I literally said we wouldn't. So we are going to. like, one more thing, Pete Davis is white. (laughs) Yes, Pete Davidson is white. I mean, that's the title. <laughs> Pete Davidson is white. I would have understood if you thought Jack Harlow was black, but you said Pete Davidson, oh, who we see on our screens every day I know, I thought with his pale, lanky self. I don't know what I thought. Our topic. Yes. Our topic this week is going to be real world versus the academic world. We're going to go through mm-hmm. this quicker because mostly it's going to be me asking you questions. Oh, I've, okay. I thought about this because we've talked a lot about the differences, you know, between going to school further after your four years and then mm-hmm. going into the real world and working your way up and getting a job. Yeah. And so Cindy and I are on opposite sides of that spectrum where she went straight to grad school and, you know, she's about to have her doctorate. She's in her residency. I, however, went straight to work. I had an internship my senior year of college and I got a job there, got a promotion, stayed there for three years, was laid off. Now I work with a different company already like working my way up and thinking about going back to school because I kind of, I kind of feel like there's a glass ceiling with, with, with uh, undergrad degrees now. And I heard somebody say before on the internet, like, uh, undergraduate degrees started becoming useless when black people started getting them <laughs> with more ease. Was it Dr. Umar like, who said that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was trying to explain Dr. Umar to someone and he was like, did you see the, the, did I send that to you? There was this, remember the oh, busted challenge? Yeah. <laughs> there was a white girl who was about to drop it in the busted challenge. And then it cuts to Dr. Umar. And he just like sits back and like crosses his arms. <laughs> Like my brother. <laughs> what are you doing, my brother? Because <laughs> he's like notoriously against <laughs> interracial. You cannot dating. bring your white wife. <laughs> your white wife will be escorted. <laughs> what is that from? <laughs> it was one of his live streams. We had an event. Someone was asking, like, okay, who, who's allowed? Because he was like, it's an African only live stream. <laughs> it's only for Africans. And someone was like, my whitest wife, can you bring? And he was like, you cannot bring your white wife. You and the white wife will be escorted out. And he said, escorted. <laughs> Working title number two. You cannot bring your white wife. <laughs> so I want to start by asking you did you always know that you would go to grad school? Yeah. Like, when did you decide that? uh grad school for psychology my junior year of college okay so you didn't go into college being like i'm gonna go to grad school after this i'm gonna at least be doing eight years of school no it wasn't until junior year that you were like Mm -hmm. i think i'm yeah and what made you decide in your senior in your junior year like i'm gonna go to grad school yeah so i was actually pre-med so i thought i was gonna go to med school oh okay so you always knew you were going to do additional schooling but grad school came in in junior year yeah 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 because i you know with med school 
the pre-meds were pre-medding and I just couldn't, I just couldn't do OCHEM that class. And I think it was a weed out class and it weeded me out for real. And my GPA was just terrible. And I was like, I just, and I had panic attacks. It was bad. So oh I no. Yeah. I, I will like, we'll never forget. And we're coming back from an OCHEM exam and knowing that I failed it. And I already failed the last one too. So I was like, I already used my drop and it just dawned on me that I would have to like, I just didn't, I wasn't going to get into med school. And I was like on my dorm room bed freaking out because of course, mm. you know, people after a test, they all like conglomerate outside the door, the like the room and start talking about, okay, I got this for this one. Yeah, yeah, and this yeah. for this one. And everyone was saying things that I did not get. And I was like, wow. Oh, that is the loneliest feeling, especially <sighs> when you're the only black one. It yes. feels like twice as lonely, but if it's, it's still, it's lonely regardless when you're like, they're all talking very confidently and I didn't get any of the answers they got any of them. So yikes. <laughs> so then I was like, okay, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do pre-law. So I was like, Oh, I'll just go, I'll go to law school. So I took con law class and I took a sociology class. What is and, con law? Uh, constitutional law. Okay. I was like con, like, <laughs> like, like con convicts. <laughs> <laughs> I should have taken this caving class, honestly. Street law. actually i'm probably man i probably um but that also just wasn't a good fit because like i realized that i'm too i'm very politically reactive Mm. and my professor was a flaming republican and it was so hard to be in class with this man and he kept talking about how he owned all these super cuts it's like nobody cares and it was a terrible class and i remember telling my dad my dad was like you know if you're in a class with a republican is the teacher, you need to just be Republican for that class so that you can get it. Oh. And I was like, okay, I would have to do that mom school. And I <laughs> that is like some it. advice. That <laughs> is some, some advice. <laughs> the teacher's a Republican. You're a Republican oh, for the class. For the class. Like, like uh, so that's it. Get the A and get out. And I was like, see, we're, we can't just values. turn, we can't turn it off and on like that. I know. So I was like, I appreciate it, daddy, but I can't do that. And then I, I was also taking, I was a psych major um, throughout the entire time, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna. But I found out that you could go to grad school for psychology, and do that. I was like, I'm gonna do that. And OMG, yeah. See, that's like the polar opposite of me because when I found out that I would have to go to grad school to become a psychologist or a therapist, I wanted to be a psychiatrist, I guess. Mm. But, or, oh well, no, when I found out psychiatry was med school and that psychology would be grad school, I stopped giving a fuck about psychology altogether. <laughs> Because I started off as a psych major because I wanted to do film, but my parents were like, no, don't follow your dreams. So I was like, I know. Well, what else is there? So I just did psychology because that's what everybody does when you don't know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And then so I was like, oh, I want to be like a fucking child psychologist like in Harriet the Spy. And then Ah. when I found out that I was supposed to be like in the school of education for that, I was like already like (laughs) almost done with sophomore years. I was like. Well, that ship has sailed. And then finding out that I would have to do extra school for everything else. I was like, so no. (laughs) I I was in school like, I don't want to do this shit no more. Like I'm clocking in for my four years and then I'm clocking the hell out. Like I'm done reading, test taking. It's not my my lifestyle. My lifestyle is not conducive with studying and and having to memorize answers the way that my teacher would need so that I can get the points. So do you feel like, yeah, Africans put a lot of pressure towards education? Yeah. Of course. My mom just stopped telling me I should go to law school like two years ago. And I, I'm 28. 
so do you feel like your life, your choices with education have been influenced by your parents? The culture of you have to go to school, you have to get mm-hmm. it, you have to do law, medicine, or, you know, like that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. The doctor, lawyer, engineer story that we all know way too well. <laughs> Definitely. Because I remember it's funny when I was in elementary school and like up until high school, I was like, oh, not high school, I guess. But elementary school, junior house. Like, oh, I'm going to be an author. I like to write. Like, I would love to, like, write books. And I would write short stories all the time. Nice. Um, which was really cute. There's one that I remember. I think I had, like, 20 chapters of it. And I printed it all out and put it in a three-ring binder. And it's still in my parents' house. Every so often, I'll go and I'll just read it. I'm like, oh, this was so cringe. But it's cute to just <laughs> see what I was able to do. But then when my parents were like, no, you're going to be a doctor because you can't make money as, as a writer. I was like, oh, okay. I like science. <laughs> oh, my God. And, you know, that's so... It makes me so sad because we just talked about Venus and Serena which was like the perfect story of when your kids interest and talent matches up with your parents vision for you Mm -hmm. so like they were always going to be successful because it all lined up but a lot of us it's like your interests does not match up especially when you're Nigerian does not match up with what your parents think is important so they will Mm -hmm. actively dissuade you from stuff that you are interested in because from what they know like you don't make money doing that shit. Like, what, what are you talking about? No, you're not doing that. And so we as kids are just like, okay, I guess I'm not doing that. Like, yeah, that's a bad idea. That won't work. And it's, it makes me so sad because I think of all the people who do make it, especially when I see people like Black people who've made yes. it as writers, screenwriters, directors, mm-hmm. all of these things that I was told, like, what are you talking about? Like, right. because they believed for so long and worked so hard and didn't give up. And like, so it is possible. It's it's harder if you're Black. It's super hard, especially when you don't have any money. Yeah. <laughs> when, when your parents aren't going to support you while you are making these fucking movies for free or out of your own pocket and all of this stuff. And but it I just say all that to say just the it triggers me to hear you say like that you had interests as a kid that your parents actively were like, yeah, no, no, you're not doing that because it's like they squashed your dreams. I know. (laughs) And then like in a way, like thankfully, it kind of worked out a little bit because like I still write a lot. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's writing now that I'm like at the end of like grad school stuff, it's writing that I actually care about and it's not like bullshit and stuff. But then I think about my really good friend, Hibor, who is Nigerian and she- Shout was, out to Hibor. Yes. Hibor, she's listening. Yes, <laughs> I, I know she's. But um, <laughs> yeah, wicked smart. Like the girl, we were in a program at UT called Plan 2 together and like mm-hmm. she- The smart was just, kids. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I was- Gluttons for punishment. Ryan, no one heard that. Um, but I would sit next to her in like these theoretical math and physics classes, and I wouldn't understand anything, but she would just get it. So she was like, she like quadruple majored. Long story short, Damn. like she um, was pre med, but then ended up not going to medical school because she didn't want to, because she wanted to be a writer, and she focused on that. And it, like I think she has sold a manuscript at this point. Oh and shit! An and she goes to book conferences and all of that. So she's pursued that and is be- and is successful in that. And it's like, and that is something that, like, if I had known that that was a possibility, I could see myself doing something like that. And that is so inspirational to see someone pursue that and go against like your parents' right. in that sense. And it's it never too late to do fit. that shit. It's yeah. never. It's not like it's over. But I also want to point out there are multiple ways your life can go right or go well. Right. Um. But shout out to Higborg. That sounds fucking dope. It's amazing. Um, yeah. What would you say have been the benefits of grad school uh, so far? So I know there won't be that many. <laughs> 
yikes it's so funny and it's yeah i mean i will say one thing that has helped is that i think about things really critically now and intentionally now which i don't know is because of grad school just that or the fact that i've just gotten older um because when you get older you think about like you self-reflect a lot but i definitely think about things critically and i read and write things really critically now um i think things very conceptually about things very conceptually um, and I think because of what I'm doing is psychology, it's been helpful to be able to consider the many nuances and factors that can present that can be involved. What's the word? What am I looking at? Just basically take a, <laughs> take nuance and consideration with a lot of stuff and everything is not black and white and be able to celebrate that grayness, but also recognize it, recognize it for what it is. And I don't think I could have done that if I wasn't right. in this specific program. If I was yeah. like in a physics grad program, I don't know what I would have learned. Right. So it made you more smarter, <laughs> more, more gooder at reading. I'm I'm gooder at reading and and, <laughs> and, and thinking about things. <laughs> I I want to in my head. I've always. Do you feel like school is a scam in any sense? I just want to cut straight to that because I yeah. feel I've always thought like they just take more of your money and they cannot make you any promise. But they just take more of your money. And I work with people at my job who have masters and I'm like, why are you here? <laughs> like you, how does that feel to have a master's and like be working? And this job that you have is better than your last. Like, and you have a master's like what you should. Cause I'm again, thinking about going to get my MBA. There's something kill it. Oh my yes, because I mean, the more I talk and through this podcast and through my thinking and through this job, I'm like, I'm capable of so much. Like, I'm pretty fucking smart. I like to be an expert in things. I like to learn. You know, I like to explain things to other people. I like to learn. I actually took me a while to realize that, but I do like to learn. (laughs) But it's just that I don't want to pay like $50,000 a semester to learn. And I don't Mm. want to be stressed out and have like 100 pages of reading each night. And I have to take this test once a week or there's a big test that counts for 90% of my grade. And if I fail the test, I'm fucked. And like, I don't miss that stress. I don't miss that pressure. And I don't, (laughs) don't miss signing on the student loans, weighing on my back, just hoping that that makes a difference, you know? So, I mean, you're not going to say that school's a scam because then it's like, you're saying that you've been scammed. (laughs) I will say though, I think it depends on the program. I feel really bad for people who are in these like masters, for example, online Mm -hmm. master psychology programs and stuff that you have, or even like some doctoral programs in psychology where it costs so much money to attend and they are not accredited and Mm. they're just a degree mill. And they, you can't even, they don't even promise the fact that you'll match on internship, that you could get licensed, that if you're eligible for licensure, like programs like that are these, what my mom calls mushroom schools, like these nursing (laughs) schools that are like ITT tech and stuff where like your clinical rotations are done online. And then these nurses come to the hospital and kind of fuck things up. Like that is like a sense where it's like, yeah, these people wasted their money and it was a scam, basically, just for the institutions to make money because these schools are run like businesses. They're not run like, mm-hmm. you know, institutions yeah. of pedagogy. It reminds me of these like these schools that I used to look into when I they find you. It's when you're at your like most desperate when you have a job, but you're like, I'm not making enough. I need something like something that I can learn, but I can't afford to quit my job and go back to school. Really? Like, I don't want to take on these huge loans. So what's an easier 
more convenient way where I can just learn this shit online, preferably, so that I can continue with my life. These schools uh, for like programming and learning to code, these boot camps and stuff that cost like 16 grand. And UT even has its own version of these boot camps where you can learn to program and software develop or whatever. And they, they can't promise you a job or anything like that. But they they just cram all this shit into your head in like six weeks. And then you see online, like when you research it, these people don't really get jobs <laughs> because it's like you're not you don't have any work experience. You did six weeks at this like boot camp. Like, OK, like what have you really built? Like, what have you really done outside of these cutesy little like programs? It's just it's all a scam because these aren't schools that are like really trying to better you. They're just businesses. I wanted to get into the (laughs) pros and cons of going straight to work. Mm -hmm. Pros, you get to see your money right up front. Like when I first, like when it settled in my head of like, I don't have any more homework and I get paid for showing up. That was such a good feeling (laughs) of being like, I literally am here and I'm getting paid for being here and I don't have to go home and do shit. Like when I leave work, I can turn off that part of my brain and not think about anything I did at work. Like, amazing. And then, you know, like, just if you're an adult, like you're living life, you're out here, like you get to travel and do things and you're not really beholden to anybody but this company. I mean, my first job, I only had like seven business days off first. And then it, I worked up to like 10 business days off, which is like two weeks, yeah. which for a year, two weeks is not a lot of fucking time. That's like no time. That's not time because you can't really, I mean, I haven't, I've missed out on getting to travel abroad because I've, when you go out of the country, I think you, you got to go for more than three days. <laughs> so, yes, exactly. Because by the time you, you get there, you have to leave. And I also wasn't even making enough money to, to plan that kind of trip. <laughs> so it's like very much kept me cornered in a hole. But I mean, it, it was just like the the freedom, I guess, is the, the only positive. You know, there was a time where you could work your way up. <laughs> you could have an entry level job and then end up being like the fucking director or something like that and those days are done they will not let you get that far they will like literally like just bring in somebody else who has like a graduate degree or whatever some white dude named todd or chad or something and (laughs) who has like a a business degree he went to business school and he gets to be the director even if he has like less experience in this industry than you (laughs) right exactly most people my age aren't even clocking in those kind of type of time with a company like nobody my age is staying in a job for 10 years we're all leaving by like year three or Mm -hmm. whatever because we've usually hopefully you'll like find a better opportunity we all know at this age if your company is not serving you there's a better company out there and you should look for it what i've learned so far is that when you're looking for something to add to your resume you need to know what you're trying to what your goal is Right. What job are you trying to cultivate your resume for? Because otherwise you just got all this random experience on like how you haven't even had to craft a work resume yet. But wow. like it took me a long time to realize, bitch, don't put everything on your resume. <laughs> like if you're applying for a job, you don't need to put your the, when you worked at Forever 21 on there. You don't need to put <laughs> the like two weeks that you were like a, a server at Applebee's. Like <laughs> you don't need to put everything. You only need to put what is relevant to that job. I, it took me so long to know that (laughs) it's hard because it's not like there's a blueprint for any of this it's like there's what we believe to be true based on what we've heard in terms of like okay you get your bachelor's and you get your grad degree if you uh, you get your bachelor's and you work and then you get your graduate to make more money but then in the real world you don't really see that happening all the time but at the same time you do see it happening too so it's like 
there's not like a specific plan to follow, which I guess is like life in general, but it just makes it tricky. I've just- seen a lot of people whose path is just kind of what their parents did. Oh, yeah. But every, I mean, every now and then you do see people who are like, no, I knew that I wanted to do this and, and they go for it, whether it's like accounting. I knew this girl in college who was like, I want to be an actuarian. <laughs> do you know what that is? Isn't that like you 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 take when people so, are going to die or something? It's like something with probability. Oh, yeah. And she knew that in college. And so she took all of the proper classes that she would need so that when she applied for those jobs, she was like, I've taken this math class, that class, this class, this class, and like Im- immediately got a really good job. I feel like those kind of, it's the kind of job you never hear about, but pays like 90K a year. Yeah, <laughs> probably even more too. Exactly. Like- there's only, you're already up and there's only up to go from there. <laughs> Amazing. But it's the type of shit that like, why would I know about that? I don't know anything about that. Like, I've never heard of that job before. Again, when you're just exposed to nurse, lawyer, doctor, like shit like that, you don't know what else is out there because our community is not really a diverse <laughs> work, work, a, a diverse uh, employed community. Right. And it's like, it's like the hardest jobs. It's like being a doctor takes forever. Being a lawyer is a lot of work. It's like, it's not like someone who's like, oh yeah, all I do is like, do coding at this one place and then I make 120k a year exactly three years old it's like you don't see at least from what I've seen you don't see like other Nigerian like there are Nigerians who are doing that, that type of work but like especially the ones who are like millennials or like late Gen Zers they're nurses they're pharmacists like the ones because they're doing what their parents told them to do well I'm but seeing like, more of people our age and younger who are getting into computer science because now true. tech is the tech industry is booming everybody knows that now so now people our age and below are more like especially people below our age are more geared towards tech and in computer science programming all of that shit but people above us didn't know that so yeah I definitely like around my sister's age my sister's 30 people pharmacists doctors lawyers people my age too who like lawyer doctor i'm in law school like we're all it's just the same shit and i'm like it's because that's all you've heard of it's all you know i feel like right now i'm just gonna bide my time with this company and see just see where life takes me i'm not really in a rush to go back to school these these loans are already texting me hitting me up like Hey, bitch. Oh, my Atlanta. <laughs> that grace period is ending. You, you, you gonna pay us our money now? <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> no, I'm gonna keep telling them I'm, uh, what is that status where you're like, I can't pay. <laughs> I have no money. <laughs> I just put that every year. I, no, I'm sorry. No money. <laughs> no money. <laughs> okay, let's get into the deep think of this week. Uh, what is your deep think? Yes. So my deep think is called, it's based on cognitive behavioral theory and it's basically um, cognitive restructuring. So just kind of like thinking about thoughts in a different way that is, that are more helpful for us. I feel like I always use the term helpful. Like what I tell kids is like, I'm not saying that it's right. I'm not saying that's wrong. As long as it doesn't have to do with abuse, hurting yourself, hurting anybody else, but it is not helpful because, you know, these are things that can be difficult. And the way that we can do that is opposed to having, you know, thoughts that are you know, painful or hard or big, we can have blue thoughts or we can try to make sure and catch ourselves from having blue thoughts because blue thoughts are thoughts that make you feel blue. You know, this is something that we use for the kids, but I think it's helpful (laughs) for like folks, you know, for adults too. Blue thoughts are thoughts that have to do with be blaming myself. So if you've noticed that you're assuming that all the bad things that are going on are your fault, then, you know, that's a blue thought and it's a thought that we want to change. If you're looking for bad news, so it's like you're ignoring the good things for a situation, you 
kind of always just attuned to the negative things or you are like essentially like looking for things that are more negative, then that's part of a blue thought that you want to change. The you in blue is unhappy guessing, which is a very kid-friendly way of saying like, you're telling yourself that bad things will come true. So you kind of just anticipate the worst um, under the guise of preparing for the worst, but you always anticipate it because you think it's going to happen. And then E is exaggerating. Um, or just kind of like, or basically like catastrophizing, imagining something is going to be worse than it is. So we want to change or change, um, you know, having these blue thoughts to be having thoughts that are not blue by using, by thinking about like, okay, is this is some, is this something I would tell a friend? Like what I, these thoughts I'm having myself, would I tell that to somebody else if I cared about them? Probably not. So it's probably a blue thought. Um, what's the evidence that this thought is true? Is there another way to look at the situation? Um, and, you know, what if it is true? Okay, what if it is true? Would that really be that bad? And instead of having a blue thought, we want to have a true thought. So thoughts that are true. That's my deep thing. We are trying to be quick. So I'm just going to I'm gonna say my deep th- thing, which is, okay. Um, okay, I got two real quick. So one is that ever since I turned 28, I've been adamant that I'm not putting any more energy into shit that does not serve me. So like, yes. there are friends in Austin that I have not talked to and I'm not going to talk to because I there this town is full of one way friendships. I feel mm. like a lot of the people in this town just have so many options of what they can do because this is their town. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they're white. <laughs> or they are white adjacent. So they look around and they fit in everywhere they go. So it's so easy to make friends. It's easy to date. So when someone like me who does not fit in with what everybody else is like, and I'm kind of different from them, I have to like work harder to be their friend by reaching out and like making efforts, even though we don't really have much in common. And so now I'm feeling, Cynthia, like you don't know this, but I put your friendship in mind like on a pedestal where I'm like, this is like, yeah, <laughs> she's like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> this is what the epitome to me of like a quintessential friendship where it's like, we understand each other. We listen to each other. We make allowances for each other. We make efforts mm. with each other and we try to be there for each other and we're empathetic to each other and genuinely care and so it's always been a two-way street even when you were super busy in grad school and couldn't talk all the time I would literally reach out to you and be like when can we talk and you would schedule time with me even if it had to be like a week in advance like you Mm -hmm. made that effort and but I always just put that so high as like well you can't expect that from everybody like I gotta like lower my standards and meet people where they're at so if this is the kind of friend who when they're busy they just tell you they're busy and they don't offer you like another time or option I'll deal with that this is the kind of friend that I always have to reach out to to make plans to I'll do that like Things like that that I'm like, fuck no, I'm not doing that shit anymore. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. why? Why? Why work so hard? I I don't mind being alone. Like, obviously, we all kind of get lonely. But like everything I like to do, you know, going to the movies, going out to eat, going shopping, traveling, everything, going to breakfast. I love eating. <laughs> going to lunch <laughs> all of that shit I can do by myself and I often do and I don't mind it I like doing shit by myself so there's no reason for me to keep reaching out and I think I got to that place not just because 28 was a big turning point but because also I'm leaving Austin after sometime next year like when my lease is up I'm leaving so there's nothing I'm not trying to make the best of a bad situation anymore whereas before I was like I need friends in the city if I'm gonna live here I need allies I, I have to like bring people in and now I feel like no fuck y'all <laughs> I don't have to do anything. That doesn't mean, I mean, that doesn't mean that if friends reach out to me, I'm going to like say, fuck you or anything and not hang out with them. But like the effort for me is just done right now. Like I'm, I'm chilling. And then the second thing is just that I want to dress more how I want to feel. I want to make sure I look hot at all times. Yes. Okay. See, and that's what it is. Anyway, let me not go into what you're saying, but I just think that like, 
yeah of course you can people can dress however they want but if you can just dress hot all the time why not why not because right. you can right because i think part of the idea of lazy winter's hibernation like m- before when my plan literally was to like i'll eat whatever i want for the next few months and i'm just not gonna look at myself <laughs> It's like, but how does that make you feel, though? Do you feel good when you're like laying in bed all day and you're eating whatever and you're all bloated all the time? And now you're realizing, oh, I'm not bloated. This is just my shape now. Like, (laughs) does that make you feel good? I know. Exactly. And then if you do go out and you meet someone, do you feel like you're presenting your best self Mm -hmm. when you decided, oh, it's winter, I'm gonna be lazy and hibernate? No, you don't. So that's that's that. That's how I feel is that I want to feel good inside and out and outside affects the inside so i'm i'm back to work <laughs> like i said before i'm up in the gym just working on my fitness yeah. <laughs> so thank you guys for joining us for episode 12 of is it that deep though we will see you next week hopefully i think we've been pretty consistent so i'm i'm gonna say we will until next time <laughs> yes yes bye 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 <laughs>